This show was brought to you by Ouch My Ego. OuchMyEgo.com Hello, John. Greetings, Andrew. How are you doing? Hey, everybody. John's back. I'm back. We're back to school now, I guess. I mean, school's been back for a couple months, but whatever. We're back to school, and you've been a bad kid, John. Have I been a bad kid? Really? Yeah. What have I done? I get. I don't know. I existed. No. No. No existential angst right now. But let me ask you first. We're, everybody knows what this movie is because they see it in the description and whatever they click. But nobody's ever seen this movie. But still, I'll ask you in a second. But let me ask you this first. Teen movies. Do you like them? What era? When? Etc. Teen movies. Uh, early, late eighties, early nineties basically are, are my jam what oh you know like clueless and teen wolf and stuff like that is it clueless and teen wolf the only ones i could think of off the top of my head yes uh I what was not... you, you can't even think of john hughes or anything no because most of the john hughes things were kind of older than me so i never really had a connection to uh 16 candles or or the uh breakfast club breakfast club thank you yeah i mean sure i like weird science but that has nothing really to do with high school even though they're in high school and they're high school kids and stuff like that yeah more like after school after school shenanigans there's anyway the point in asking this is because this movie that we watch is a high school science fiction horror movie comedy what did we just watch we watched detention i just mean that it looks like clapton's gonna ask out ioni which makes about as much sense as that stupid movie torque give me your ipod salad eater life sucks forget about genocide poverty and political corruption what could possibly be on my girl mind other than prom Who gave Riley the permission to have the hots for Clapton? What does the future hold for Clapton Davis? If you're going to get your limbs ripped off by the school gorilla, find a more worthy charity than Ioni. Thank God that's not me. Ioni is an old soul trapped in a very painfully hot cheerleader body. Clapton Davis, you are more concept than reality. Your classmate, Taylor Fisher, was murdered in her bedroom this morning. I was just attacked! Sure you were, honey. Are you guys accusing me of something? There's a killer in Grizzly Lake who is affiliated with people at my school. Detention is in the library. It goes from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's right through prom. It can't be any of us. We're not anguished enough. Our generation has had no major struggles. What about 9-11? Afghanistan. Katrina. Peace Ledger. What? Too, too soon. This attacker you're describing, Ms. Jones, sounds just like that horror film. Cinderella. Scream. It's not the end of the world. It's just high school. Who taught you how to make a snuff porno, Lady Gaga? Detention. Okay, so, detention. I don't quite remember how it hit my radar, but I did not see it in the theater because it didn't hit regular theaters. You know, Samuel Goldwyn put it out. Theatrically. But it was in a joint distribution deal with Sony. And what, three months after that, they put it out on Blu-ray DVD. Yeah, I wouldn't say this film came out so much as it escaped, really. Escaped? What do you mean? This is a monster mash of a movie. And I love it, by the uh, way. Oh, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to bury the lead. I hate this movie. I hate this Why movie do you hate passion. it? This movie oh. is like a perfect double bill 
with a movie that you actually do like, which is one that we did cover. Oh, Freaks a of couple Nature is of, amazing. Yeah, Freaks of Nature. That is amazing. You know exactly where I'm going. Yeah, Freaks oh, of I, Nature I, and this movie, really good double bill. No, Why don't movie, you like this okay, movie? This movie thinks, it, it, it really wants to be the millennial scary movie. No, something. it doesn't. Yes, it does. Because it. No, it, it really, doesn't. It really thinks that it's a funny comedy horror film, but it is not. It's not even scary movie four. It's not even shrewd. Dude, if you no, know what I no, did last you can't. No, 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 no. It's not like any of those movies. It's unto itself. It's more like Scott Pilgrim taking on Scream, if anything. No, because it, it sits there and it starts parodying slasher films. You know, T slash. They even yeah, make references sure. to Scream and stuff like that. Yes. So, so they're sitting there. Doing Breaks this. the fourth wall. Yeah, we're a parody of the genres and then uh, you know it starts going off on its own thing which makes it more like an epic movie or something like that no it doesn't no 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 literally you've never seen any of those movies if you're comparing this to any of those you've never actually watched any of those other movies this is not a funny movie this is oh man (laughs) this was how can you say that unless you're in a mood there was one funny there was one thing that made me laugh my ass off i will give it credit for one thing who's that that was the uh, when they're doing the debate, and you have our hero Riley giving the the very basic generic boring, meat is murder. Yeah, meat is murder, uh, vegetarian thing. What if that innocent cow was your son or your daughter? Meat is murder. And then what's his name? Uh, Gord is our Canadian exchange student from Lundenburg, Nova Scotia. Just sits there, it goes off of this tirade that is absolutely the funniest thing ever. Yes. I'd like to start off by saying that this girl's argument is ridiculous. Notice how she expresses almost no sympathy for chickens. That's because Americans hate chickens. For example, KFC serves popcorn chicken to assure the customers that the chicken was blown to bits. Yet the meatball sub at Subway isn't called popcorn cow. Americans want chickens to die. Late. Personally, I do feel sympathy for animals, which is why I choose to only eat baby animals. They have not lived as long and they are not leaving as much behind. If we don't eat meat, we lose our place in the food chain. Eating animals gives us confidence as humans. Vegetarians like this girl, who is only wearing one shoe, have less confidence than everybody else. Thank you, class. Miss McIntyre? And it's over the top. This film really thinks that it's funny about 90s nostalgia. In a no, way that- no, it did. look, 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 look. I think you're missing the point. And I really do think you missed the point. And I'm not trying to be an insulting person to you or trying to insult you. But listen, please. All of the 90s nostalgia, this movie is so anti-nostalgia. Even it's using nostalgia, like constant nostalgia. But it is a commentary on nostalgia. But it's using the 90s because that's when it was made in the in 2012 2011 it's using the 90s because the 90s are the new 80s that thing that rule of 20 years before it is using that it's a trope and it's knowingly using the trope and it's criticizing it it is not championing it and you're seeing it as champion I'm it's not try- a champion i'm seeing it trying to use it basically it comes off like current era family guy where hey let's just make a pop culture reference that's funny no it comes off more like a gilmore girls thing where yeah let's make a pop culture reference but it's all in dialogue it's not cutaways with like no. ah 
That reminds me of this one time when I walked into the Brazilian forest in my underwear. They cut to that. It's That's the joke, which is an anti-joke. These are actually just references, and if you catch them, you're going to be like, Oh, I remember that. But then... The subtext to those references are, it's all vapid anyway. And vapid this movie is. It's not vapid. It's really <laughs> clever. No, I, I yeah, strongly it's disagree, quite clever. my friend. I disagree. I know you strongly disagree, but I think it might be a mood no. <laughs> more than context. It is not, I, actually. No, I, I don't know. I will say this. Yeah. I was 36 seconds into this film, and I was like, seriously, what the f*** is this? Exactly! That's and why I want this up here in front of everybody's eyes. And I mentioned Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim has a way of presenting the image and graphics, right? And I think that this movie is decidedly inspired by some of that. Um, I don't know if it's comic book. I know Scott Pilgrim's comic book. I don't know if it's comic book inspiration of having text come onto screen floating behind people's heads. And There's a lot of breaking the fourth wall in this movie. Yeah, constantly. Um, things, that I, things that I actually really quite appreciate. But have you seen... A Another movie that we covered here, but you didn't. Nowhere. Nowhere. No. Greg Araki. Have you seen any Greg Araki movies? Have you seen Nowhere? Have you seen Kaboom? Have you seen Now Apocalypse TV show on Stars? Have you seen anything from Greg Araki? I have not. Okay. Doom Generation? Nope. This movie seems like it's pulled from that stuff. You probably wouldn't like that stuff. His movies are decidedly a lot more gay because he's a gay man and that's part of the topics that he likes to talk about. But this movie doesn't really have any of that in it. But it does have a commentary on some high school norms, a commentary on how nostalgia is used by each generation. There's a lot of depth to this movie that you're just either refusing to see, but this is like the first time you've seen it. And I dare say it's the only time you're going to see it. Yes. <laughs> because you have such a visceral negative oh. reaction to it. Well, and the, my biggest problem is also none of the characters are likable in any But were way. you likable in high school? No, and I don't want to watch a movie about myself. <laughs> Neither do I, but if you're going to just make kids in high school, they're all going to be a bunch of dorks and goobers and jerks and idiots. No, Even the like, cool guy who is just fine is, is like, why is, does everybody love the cool guy it's not even that he's a jerk bad guy cool guy he's just a cool guy and everybody what? loves him but why well wait well like the bully is just generic bully who all of a sudden is also part fly yes which is amazing i mean listen i also i genuinely had a hard time following what was going <laughs> on in this movie because there's no I, you know why i bring up things like epic movie and stuff like that because they're skits it's a film that believes that that skits can construct an entire film no this film sorry this is a russian nesting doll of a movie no because this it just kind of starts doing things it's okay it begins off with a slasher film you know sort of parody and that'd be fine if they kind of stuck there then you've got the side story with aliens and then the school mascot bear is an alien bear that's kidnapped by aliens that is being turned into a time machine that it lays okay so that <laughs> there's a setup early on about the bear it's this lore about this girl who apparently went down on the bear and the setup it's just like uh, a throwaway comment at the beginning and you see a motivational poster don't be this girl and there's this bear in the hallway and there's a girl on her knees and it looks like she's filleting him somehow that pops up every so often in dialogue so it's like Chekhov's gun so you you show the gun in the first scene you have to use it at the end so and eventually they do use the bear thing at the end uh, and you're right it is a strange time machine and by the way I can't explain that also this is in it's in a kind of universe that won't ever exist can't ever exist well, but 
I will say you're fine with you're fine with vampires, werewolves, and zombies and aliens existing in the same story like that. But hold on, hold on, hold on. It's similar to that in which the teacher is like, just make a time machine. Your assignment is to make a time machine, and you think he's being sarcastic, but he's not being sarcastic. That's the assignment. And so this one character, a minor character, but he's always there. The Asian guy is messing around with this bear claw, literal bear claw, and he's it's like got a computer bit inside of it, and he's trying to tinker with it to make it a time machine they don't explain it more than that yeah i don't just, have a problem with that well, but. See, and here's here's why i i can accept the stuff from freaks of nature because they set up a reality in which that it is normal the aliens are the oddball thing and obviously people freak out this just kind of there, it's there's left no, turns all over it just it's constantly going off on tangents that don't like it's just kind of like okay we're going this way okay now i'm gonna go and change direction and this now i'm gonna change direction here oh I was changing direction. I'm going to change direction back to this note, back to this note. Like, yeah, that's the nesting doll. The mother, it is a nesting doll. The mother being switching bodies with her daughter in time. It's a Freaky Friday. Freaky, Freaky Friday trope. Freaky Friday yes. trope, but also in time. So she goes back in time. So now her daughter is giving birth to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so fun. It's so funny. Like, instead of the, the grandfather paradox in Back to the Future, could you be your own grandfather type of thing? It's uh, could you be your own mom and turns out yes in a weird way because apparently like uh, Spencer Locke plays a daughter and she also plays a younger version who looks exactly like yeah of her mom so uh there's this Freaky Friday thing which is also you know have you ever seen Freaky Friday 1970s one yes I have okay doesn't make a lick of sense of how they swapped bodies right so they have the scene where they're trying to explain that the mother's like kind of influenced probably by Freaky Friday if that existed and she's like well this is exactly how to do it and it's also that the girl can like win the talent show and do like all the 90s dances which was very funny by the way she's lanky and she's dancing all these 90s dances and but it's actually her mom doing it in her body and it's a funny scene it's very brief but it's funny but then she decides to stay they both decide to stay in their alter bodies in the alter times so you have some weird time travel thing that has to happen as well and that's where the bear comes in yeah uh, the problem is trying to explain this film i i genuinely feel like i would sound like i'm just completely and totally stoned <laughs> because this movie just uh, again i've already mentioned there's a guy who has fly blood you want to know the story of the real billy nolan i have fly blood in my veins I'm a freak. He has fly blood because he touched a meteorite that uh, burned his hand, so he had to had to wear a TV for a hand, <laughs> which then he used to beat up people and became a bully. And then when his hand, <laughs> then his hand was healed and became popular, and then had sex with a girl and then grew wings. Yeah, and and he has to hide all the fly powers and he barfs acid. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Why? What's wrong with TV hand? You might as well just have a bunch of breakdancing uh, Spartans. You know, just just randomly just do things, you know? Let's not have some coherence in a movie. To reference another episode that you didn't like that we did, Motivational Growth. It seems to me that you're willing to accept something that, um, this is not a diss, it's an observation, that is much more conventionally packaged, a.k.a. Freaks of Nature. But when it comes to rapid left turns in so-called logic of the story, you're not willing to accept that because it's just too abrupt, too strong 
strange, too soon, too fast, and it doesn't set itself up well, smoothly. If if the humor in this film actually made me laugh, again, aside, well, I'll give this film one other thing, and that's its title sequence. I think that stuff was clever too, kind of how it's on various products and stuff like that. Yeah, that's High Fidelity did that with the posters and stuff like this uh, on the wall. Yeah, it's- uh, or on on the environment like rock posters. But back in the day, I wanted to make this movie called Clean. I didn't ever write it. It was just some stupid uh, semi-autobiographical magical realism BS that I wanted to write about how, you know, I'm such a goody-goody and everybody hates me. So the metaphor was going to be this kid has this invisible force field around him that he can't do anything with. He has no idea why it's there, but he can't be dirty. And he eventually gets used by people who need to like send him down to, to save the town from the crazy sewage leak or something, right? So he can be in there without getting filthy or whatever. I don't know what the story was actually going to be. But the titles were literally going to be very similar to what you have in this movie where items, trapper keepers, things like this, have printed on them the cast names, the director, and so on. Also, speaking of director, Joseph Kahn, music video director and the director of the action movie that... There were two movies that actually came out that were supposed to ride hot on the heels of the original Fast and Furious movies. First, I don't know if it's the first one, but there's one called Biker Boys, and then there was one with Ice Cube called Torque. Torque was directed by Joseph Kahn. Yeah. Have you seen Torque? I have not seen Torque. I will not see Torque now. <laughs> no, no, it's like Torque. I, Torque I, is I, literally a really nobody can do any of those things on a motorcycle crazy movie. It's crazy and very creative. And Adam Scott's in it as an FBI guy. It's a nutsoid movie i can't say it's good and it didn't do much in the theater which is why he does reference that movie and this by having a character diss it and i'm like i see there i will give him this because i saw i was also looking at the list of all the music videos that he did and most of them i think are garbage videos he did well most of them are rap videos well he did do and i don't particularly like the song or the band but as a whole the the music video for it works and makes it a, a enjoyable thing, which is he did the Backstreet's Back video. Where all- <laughs> That's the one that you pick? That is the only video of his that I would say, you know what? Okay, that wasn't bad, but out of his entire least of the ones I saw on IMDb, yeah, no, that's the only thing of his that I've liked, apparently. <laughs> of what I've seen, but <laughs> That's no, here, funny. You, you mentioned motivational growth. Compared yeah. to this, I would watch motivational growth back to back to back to back because there's at least stuff in that film that is enjoyable. Hmm. I would rather watch Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters back to back oh, to back wow. than this movie. And that, that annoyed me because of, you know, that all of its uh, anachronism. 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 Yeah. Anachronism. But That's that, you. You're, you're a Doctor Who <laughs> monster, Dalek. Yeah, I'm a Dalek. Anachronism. Anachronistic. That's this, you. Because at least there's humor that worked in that film. This, as I said, and you mentioned the reality. Honestly, and here's kind of why I bring up the epics and the, the movie films, because they're hmm. bad examples of this. It does kind of exist in a world that would be something like a Hot Shots or Naked Gun. It, it kind but of exists. It exists the in epic these- movies do absolutely but this movie just really doesn't set itself up as a spoof it's, parody like that i yeah i started 
watching because you you open up with that thing with the uh, the popular cheerleader. Which... Yeah, the which is the commentary on social culture. Sixteen year old monster girls. That's what I call them, monster girls. She's not like into monsters, but she herself is a monster. She's yeah, a she's terror. A, she's a very unpleasant human being. And honestly, if we had cut that, maybe because that really put a bad taste in my mouth immediately about this movie. Hmm. Again, that's why. Why did I text you? Am I watching the right movie? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. that. Well, that I thought was... that you were like, there's a Dolph Lundgren movie called Detention. No, no. <laughs> I was 36, as, it, as I said when I started this, 36 seconds into this film, I paused it and was, am I watching the right thing? Let me, let of me course you're, and... if, if you are taken aback, of course you're watching the right thing. Oh, I just felt like I, I stumbled into the wrong movie all of a sudden. Like, like I should be watching, yes, uh, Detention, which is actually... It's like halfway it, it, through the movie. Yeah, Jeez. well, if that, I think it's longer than halfway. Maybe, maybe so. It, it takes a while to get to the te- detention. All right, so you have the setup with the teen girl, and she gets killed by Cinderella, which oh, is... I- let me, let film me, I, within the film. I will almost say this was almost funny until she became really bad. She's a bitch, which stands mm-hmm. for beauty, intelligence, talent, charisma, hoobastank. <laughs> what? They're good. And I was like, hoobastank, which is the point. I was almost starting to laugh, and then she kept talking. And yes, I understand that the idea is that the character is not supposed to be pleasant, but she was not pleasant. And you, I, I know you have a thing where you don't like it when films have characters that are so bad and then you feel good about the being killed. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's very, the purpose of this character. Yeah, I was very that's happy. That's literally the purpose. I, I would have wanted it to be a, you know, much more of a Saw thing with graphic, graphic violence on the character. Cause it, oh, speaking of much more of a Saw thing, when they go into the... This is literally the nesting part of the film. When they are in detention and they're trying to watch the bootleg work print of the latest Cinderella movie to see what they did to get out of the situation... They're watching uh, a version of the scene that they literally are in. And they are like... And they put a VHS version. They have the disc of this. And then they go into that scene. And you look at what they're watching, which is the VHS. And it keeps nesting like that. Oh, yes. Also, okay. So this really almost killed me. I will say it right here. I hate anything with Ron Jeremy in it, except for this movie, probably. Because Ron Jeremy's in it. And he's in like uh, Sleeping Beauty 5 or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, it's like Beauty and the Beast or something. Yeah, it's it's awful, and Ron Jeremy's gross. I can't stand Ron Jeremy. And movies that use him, I don't know why they use him. Like, what kind of pedigree are you trying to... This isn't good. This is bad. He's even in a scene in Ghostbusters, by the way, walking down the street. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just, just he's an a extra. background actor, that's all, yeah. Yeah, but that's why I hate Ghostbusters. No. Ghostbusters. But when that came up, I was like, oh, no! That's the thing where I yell at this movie about. The rest I enjoy quite a lot. But the nesting doll of that scene is pretty clever. You gotta admit, when they keep going back, watching each clip, and each clip is a version of the same clip with older and older media. Yeah, technology. Scream 4 did it better. I don't remember Scream 4, and no. Scream 4 didn't do that better where they go, I've got a torrent, I've got a disc, I've got a VHS, I've got a film reel, I don't know. Scream Force opening, where it's four, like three or four different versions, uh, sequels of the stab films. Oh right, right. Nah, it didn't do it better. I'm yes, not. No, I've <laughs> I've only seen that movie once. I've seen this movie many times. If I only see a movie once, it means it's not enough to bring me back to it. AKA, it's not better. Not better. <laughs> 
Okay, so the main girl is this girl named Riley that you mentioned. She is the excessively hot girl who is... I actually quite like her. She's she's a bit down on herself about everything, and she's got she's a broken suicidal. leg. She's constantly suicidal, <laughs> and suicide... Which... Suicide is, I'm sorry, hold on. Funny. Have you seen the movie Better Off Dead? I, John Cusack. I'm trying to think if I have or not, and I can't remember if I have. I mean, that's the whole thing. He breaks up with a girl, and he tries to kill himself in a bunch of scenes, and things keep on stopping him until he has to do the suicide run down the K-12 the skiing thing and win the thing it's like a trope of all kinds of different 80s save the rec center doing the big ski run that south park made fun of an ass pen episode but there's no ghosts and weird goings on and better off dead but it's a very suicidal guy so yes, it's not said, suicide can be done in a funny way this again because she only does it once though doesn't she no twice because he tries to kill what? herself with pills in the beginning and then tries to hang oh i don't herself. even remember that yeah because she i don't even remember Stops, the pills. She stops doing it because... Oh my god, I love this song! You know, she spits them out. I didn't connect to that scene for some reason. Maybe because I, myself, am not suicidal. Maybe I should become suicidal and watch this movie again so I can understand it. You, That's you a did, really yeah. dark joke <laughs> there, people. I'm yeah. not going to do either of that, and please don't you think that I am I am making light of it, but I mean, come on, some things need light shown on. Anyway, I'm digging myself a hole, aren't I? You are? But believe me, I've been, you know, if we were, if we want to do uh, confessions, I've been in dark places where that has been thoughts and actions and... Uh, and then you heard a song on the radio that no, you liked but, no, but, and it pulled you right out of it. But it's, oh, I, I love this song by Orgy. But I'm able to, again, I, I'm not a person who is triggered by, by this thing. I just, the humor in this just never works. So it's just not, I never found it funny. Not because that it's supposed to be, we're, you know, doing suicide jokes. It's just, we're not funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so Josh Hutcherson is Clapton Davis, the coolest kid in school. I guess kind of a Ferris Bueller, but he doesn't ever do the Ferris Bueller thing. He doesn't ever talk to the camera. No, although I will say, in the when they do the little thing where he's in the uh, prison, office I, I kind of I'm behind his music site I am starting my own music site mm. it's going to list new releases and review albums from bands that nobody's heard of except for me and if they have I'll just dismiss them with scathing comparisons to avant-garde folk rockers mm. everything's great on an ultra precise 100 point scale and no place for feedback excellent if readers want to bitch about they'll have to go on their Twitters good taste is not a democracy yeah oh. no you're behind his music site you know what that music site is it's pitchfork it's making <laughs> fun of pitchfork I know but that's what the joke is yes i know but change but of course change the avant folk rock comparisons to you know heavy <laughs> agrotech industrial or just noise groups in general <laughs> but but not the pixies no 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 uh, you want Mersbauer psychic tv if you're gonna talk about noise <laughs> the boredoms that's that's where i go so so dane cook is the principal who was also once a young student at the same school who was totally into the mom version of spencer Locke. Didn't get with him, and he burned his face somehow. So he has a scar on his face. Sarcastic's time machine assignment, which is a time machine. There's also uh, 3 O'Clock High, which is probably my favorite teen movie. Have you seen it? 3 O'Clock High reference? Yeah, you, yeah you've, uh, you've had me watch that one. Yeah, I love... Three o'clock high, so which is much. which is just it's a teen version of twelve o'clock high. So uh, no, if, it's not high noon. <laughs> I do the same thing. I sorry. literally do the same thing. Twelve o'clock high is the airplane shooting Germans out of the sky movie. Yes, I did literally <laughs> do the same thing. I feel like Cook, I, you, you knew Cook what had me. <laughs> yeah, no, video night. Cook had me on his his new show, Hit Rewind. 
and we're talking about these teen movies and my favorite teen movies i have like three and he's got one on the show and three o'clock high is probably my number one and i said now the story itself feels like 12 o'clock high um, do you mean high noon? Like, literally the same thing. So it's the, yes, just happened to you. Yes, I know what you meant. Of course I know what you meant, because I've done that before. So we go to that debate. I do have to also mention something that also made me laugh from that sequence, which was the teacher's uh, response to uh, Gord's, his entire little rant. Yeah. It was apparently... Very well researched, Gord. <laughs> but it's not. He's just... <laughs> just insane ramblings just talks crap on her none of his what he says is actually pretty good but there's a reason for that that comes back later which yeah. is he's an alien he's an alien that took i'm just gonna say it now he's an alien he's and an alien over canada and they're gonna but he, he made himself look like a regular canadian which is really funny that i think that they mentioned that so uh yeah canada i did take super extensive notes on this that well, the problem with the movie other than ron jeremy for me is the contemporary references to movies that they make i didn't like any of those because there comes a time when you make a movie right and if you're going to be banking on nostalgia you don't want to date it solely by the movies that came out two years before you don't want to do that if you're going to make references you want to make references to things that have stood the test of time for a very long time yeah because nothing dates a movie more than its pop culture references essentially so surrounding the date that the movie that came out yeah. that's what these contemporary 2010s movies that they're making reference to and i don't honestly remember them what they named but i i, I was like yeah why do you gotta you don't gotta you don't gotta do that just keep to the old things that you're already making fun of uh and i think your problem with the scream sort of thing is that correct me if i'm wrong it's just been done to death it's been done to death and I, I enjoy especially the first Scream film, and I and I always look at the first Scream film as a pitch black comedy because it is oh, yeah. because it's completely re it's a self referential film about the slasher genre tied around a genuine slasher film, and the best kinds of comedies of that type are ones where if you took out any of the jokes or references, they could still stand on their own. And sure. that's and again, that's where I sit there and go, with something like this, if they had stuck, No, I think it can stand on its own, but it, I don't think it would be nearly as fun. If they pulled out all these jokes, the, I don't think this film stands on anything because it has nothing. There's the no, story... No, I, I mean, it has the time... Well, okay, like, so the... Yeah, you, you, start, you start pulling... The most expensive scene was in the detention, where this character just shows up. He, he like, he's a, kind of like a Tyler Durden edit for a while. He's in the peripheral of certain people's perspectives yeah the hoodie and then guy like, yeah, yeah then they're like what are you who are you why are you here he's like i've always been here i've been here since 1992 yeah and he's what? like and, yeah he's like uh, a ghost or a highlander it's hard to tell <laughs> it's it's just a joke about him just being there for the longest time so this movie doesn't follow any kind of logic that you can actually put your hands on i suppose and hold on to it for dear life and make it stay because it'll just say no well, here's so, another nonsensical and, thing and that's and that's the other thing is motivational growth is a much better film than this because even it exists in a dream logic it's it still has logic to it even if it's otherworldly and you know not as tangible this just doesn't make any sense and again that's why i start you know, go. It's a it's a not another teen movie. It's it's all these other uh, things. But it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. You, you're misrepresenting. <laughs> you're misrepresenting. It's so much better and not at all that kind of a movie. Not even styled like a spoof. If you're gonna call it this a spoof, you're gonna have to call Scott Pilgrim a spoof. 
You're gonna even have to call Birds of Prey a spoof. They're not spoofs. They may have elements that are spoofing or parody or parodic. You're going to have to call... I mean, people do call Shaun of the Dead a spoof. But to me, Shaun of the Dead is just a romantic comedy zombie movie. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is is a zombie movie. It's just... It's a funny one. And a romantic it, comedy at the same time. And, and, so, yeah, like... But it's... Yeah, like, but... But again, you're but they say lady. parody. That parody doesn't have to adhere to the but, scary movie uh, and the epic movies and the date movies and the dance movies. But here's the thing: the movies that you mentioned as calling them parodies, with the exception I haven't seen Birds of Prey, but. I'm going to assume that all of these have interior logics that still still keep it grounded in the reality mm. that it creates. Whereas this just starts um, throwing things at the wall and prays that it sticks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't mind that when that happens. But I, I, Birds of Prey doesn't. Birds of Prey is, is to throw things at the wall thing. Um, but I, what I'm saying is they have elements that you're keying on in this movie and defining this movie as an, I'm just going to use epic, as epic movie style parody. And it's not. It's really not epic. I just don't want that to be or misrepresented to the okay. audience here. This will, this will, it's no. not an epic movie type of. Okay. I will stop. I will stop using those sorts of films. I, I've ground yeah. that. I've uh, got that point. But no, it's, it is, it is parodic. It just doesn't just cram everything in and say it's a joke when it's not. That's all. But it does have ridiculousness like TV hand. I really do love TV hand. Like why is TV hand there? Why is that what his dad decides to do? Like, cause I don't want to associate with you if you're a freak son and I can't have you be a freak son. Stick this TV on your hand. Yeah, and it's not funny. I don't... It's like, I don't get the joke. It's it's just it's, dumb. Okay, so uh, let me also ask you, do you like the Tim and Eric show movie? No, and not stuff? at all. No, you don't? I hate them. Okay. I think it's completely... Again, also, completely I, I don't like that stuff either. Those are a lot of anti-jokes. So anti-jokes, to me, sometimes can work. The Dr. Steve Brule anti-joke is funny. That's John C. Riley stuff that he does for Tim and Eric. But most of the stuff isn't funny to me. They even hired Tommy Wiseau once to do a one-act drama, and it was excruciating. And they're sitting there going, oh, this is brilliant. No, it's not brilliant. It's excruciating. But sometimes I think an anti-joke, which is a joke that really doesn't have a purpose. It's just nonsense. Sometimes I think anti-jokes work. And I think for the setup of why this guy's so bu a bully in his hard life, that he has a TV for a hand when he's a teen, a young teen, that's that's pretty nonsense and it's amusing to me. But it's Man. stupid. It's 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 completely like it's not really a joke. It's nonsense. Like I said. Well, it's like, and then you also get our hero, one of our heroes, uh, Clayton, and uh, the villain Sander, who ends up going back in. I don't know how the hell he goes back in time because he, go, he just goes in the bear. Yeah, but we, uh, yeah, it just he's back in time and apparently yeah he went back in time because the bear. Okay, wait. Time so machine. so the bear is always there. Look, here here's how I understand it. The bear is always in the hallway. The bear never leaves. You get inside and you and plop out of the bear the other side. Weirdly enough, yes, I understand the time travel mechanic of the bear. <laughs> <laughs> so the bear, the bear in 2012 is just standing there. You go inside the bear and it's all like uh, Iron Man optics which is really obnoxious, and that's the joke. You twist some knobs and whatever, and then you pop out in 1992. So the hatch opens in the bear, and you tumble out of that. You're in 1992, and you can go back in. It's just like a portal, basically. Just I'm just explaining it for the audience. Not you, John, because you I said know. you understood it. Yes. Okay. Yes. The idea is he is just all of a sudden the villain, 
and I don't remember how, if any point, where he disappears, and then that's our clue that he's in, back in time. In the detention scene, they figured out what the whole problem was. The mysterious guy was like... 9.4 minutes, everyone you know. Friends, your parents, your extensions, goes bye-bye. This destruction is man-made. How do we stop it? That's the catch. I said it was happening in nine minutes, but it's happening in nine minutes in the year 1992. What the hell? And then they look around the room. It was during one of those flash scenes where our Sander character leaves. Now Sander, he's been constantly trying to get on Riley's jock. He's like, have you ever noticed that we have compatible facial features? Ew. Riley, don't delay the inevitable. You know, in three days, we're gonna be prom dates and the sex and shame will be leaving. Look, get off my nuts, all right? She likes Clapton Davis, that's all. And she keeps on denying that she likes Clapton Davis. But they're best buds too, Clapton and she. Anyway, Sander is a jilted dude. So this is a commentary on the jilted guy and his dumb entitlement. It's usually a, a nerdy type guy who doesn't understand. He's gotta up his cool in order to be, you know, cool. Like, stop hinging everything on getting laid, you dork. And if yeah. you wanna get laid, be cool about everything. Maybe you will. He decides to go back in time because the principal had attempted to build a bomb because he was jilted, but the bomb was yeah. done and that's what got him uh, scarred. A burned face, yeah, yeah. So, so things do line up and it is a cleverly constructed as far as the setups and payoffs you just don't like how it's gussied up fess up buddy no it's not clever because the bomb in the past is never referenced at any point until they decide that we're going to have the school blow up in nine minutes or whatever in the past no it's only because of that one guy who knows it because he was in the past but that little bomb didn't do much and just burned the guy's face but yes. since the but other guy's never, there it's gonna actually reference. do something it's never it's never brought up until this point in which then it becomes Oh, yeah, we're going to do this now. <laughs> well, no, okay, it's dropped because of Dane Cook being the principal, who is also uh, the older version of that guy who uh, bombed the place. His, he's got the scar, and they do showcase the scar. It's much more subtle than what you're thinking, but that's the seed right there, and he, like, touches his face at certain points and stuff while he's talking. But nobody goes like, In the past, the bomb went off! During well, a no, conversation they, in which they wouldn't have, have been, to have that. You could have had a line of, you know, because also, why the hell is he the principal of the school if he attempted to blow the damn thing up you would think that that this is the thing nobody knew that he did the only guy that knew anything about that was the, the guy who's been there the whole time the detention kid he's like the magical history guy so anyway i just think that you don't like how this thing looks and i i think that you hate teenagers well that's true but that's beside the point <laughs> <laughs> is, is it though is it really oh the, the one thing that yeah i was bringing up was our hero and villain have a discussion about patrick swayze versus uh steven seagal <laughs> oh my at, one, God. at one point early on about about how you know roadhouse versus everything that seagal did essentially and then at the end of the film they fight but they become the avatars of patrick swayze and steven seagal apparently or something yeah like so that. they have them like you know that felt very true romance to me whenever they shot the ghost of elvis talking to christian slater giving him advice he's always off focus in the background that's what that felt like to me but it's you never see their heads <laughs> <laughs> it's just their torsos in the background frame, just so. Yeah. yeah. But the problem with that is, I'll bring up another point as well. It undercuts something where, again, the film kind of sets itself up with this horror film tropes with the Cinderfella or whatever it is. Uh, Hella. Cinderfella. <laughs> Cinderfella. 
whatever, <laughs> the horror monster that is this. And yes. there's a sequence where Riley is attacked in her room, a la Scream, by the character, and runs out, and it's a genuinely well-paced sequence that could have fit in an actual horror film. You know, and, yeah. and even the joke where the killer gets caught up in this uh, little swing, swing set, set, even in a genuine horror film, could actually land. As. Yes, all of that is referencing how clumsy the killer was in Scream, in all of the Scream movies. Yeah. Because like, none of those killers are planned killers. They're yeah, just... Yeah, like, it, like I said, even if it, in a straightforward horror film, you could have gotten away with doing that the way it's done is genuinely... Yeah. They start doing that again because Sander magically appears after being destroyed in the present. You know, they're at the prom and everything is all good. And then he attacks and it becomes, again, a genuine horror film sequence that's then undercut by this crap with uh, Patrick Swayze and, and Steven Seagal. <laughs> All of a sudden, you turn something that started to get my interest back, and then it's, oh, wait, you're doing this again. Okay, never mind. I'm done. <laughs> so you're not alone with the uh, negative talk on this. It holds a 41, based on 44 reviews. That's uh, higher on than Rotten I would Tomatoes. have expected. So it's more people dislike it. It's a four point on Metacritic, I think. 4.86 out of 10. So not a lot of people like it. Slant says, For gorehounds lured in by the poster and trailer, detention will be disappointingly ungory. But for pop culture pilgrims intent on discovering an underground prize, look no further. Now, I'm saying underground prize. I am not saying my motivation is pop culture because it isn't. But I do look for odd little movies like this. Well, here's a better odd little movie. If I would not recommend this movie, but I would recommend Evil Alien conquerors which is also dumb but it's uh i like evil alien no. conquerors until i've seen it like a 30 times or whatever and then it doesn't hold any water for me anymore well, yes, but you... for the first five times i really did quite enjoy it i think it's one of the best worst movies ever made it is not a good movie it is just completely bonkers silly fun and i enjoy it and i love it and it goes off in weird tangents but it's grounded in its own weird dumb reality this, not so much. San Francisco Chronicle hated the film and said, There will be young moviegoers who proclaim this genius. By the way, I, I don't proclaim this genius. I proclaim it clever. And more stodgy audience members who find it torturous. That is you, Harumph. John. Harumph. <laughs> if you are not tweeting and texting a combined 50 times or more per day, you're probably in the latter camp. I'm that uh, puppet from the that puppet comedian guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Don't I'm, even mention his name. I know what you're talking about, that little old man yeah, puppet. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking like that right now. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. I'm looking at some comments that people made about this movie that are uh, similar to what I just said. Kevin Summerfield from Slasher Studios, I don't know what that is, gave the film a glowing review stating it is scream meets scott pilgrim with a dash of kaboom it makes for a wild cocktail now i mentioned all of them and i didn't even read this until just now yeah so kaboom is a greg Araki movie scott pilgrim scott pilgrim and scream is scream i find it to be a very strange and odd and i guess if you're in the right mind which i think think i supposedly am at all times when i watch this movie a fun time john your last word say it no <laughs> of you being clever it's word as in like more words than one. Oh, okay my last word okay no this isn't funny if they had written a movie that actually had jokes this probably could have worked 
that this film had even just a hint of interior logic, this might have been fun. Go see Freaks of Nature. Go watch Motivational Growth. Go watch anything else than this, please. Oh, wait, wait, but please don't watch Repo the Genetic Opera. Honestly, getting through this, I really felt that this was, I, I think I'd mentioned when we watched uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter that I felt that that was revenge for some of these things. No, no, no. This was revenge for now this this wasn't revenge (laughs) this was hope me being hopeful and that hope being thrown back into my face and now i hate the world again (laughs) no this yeah this had to be revenge for like cool world or something (laughs) maybe uh maybe subconsciously cool world that seems about the caliber okay yeah cool world is still a bad movie just for uh note's sake yeah yeah no i get it okay thank you john again you jerk good night everybody good night everyone (laughs) Stick this TV on your hand!